Our worship continues on page 295. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. My mouth is filled with your praise. O Lord, open my lips. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Please be seated. Our worship continues with Psalm 40. Please join me in reciting verses 1 through 5 in unison. I wait patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds, your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell them, yet they are more than can be told. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. We continue our readings on page 325, the sacrament of holy baptism. The lector will read the question. The congregation will please recite the response. What benefits does baptism give? Which are these words and promises of God? Please stand as we recite the, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I will proclaim, I will tell, because I have read of, I have heard of, and I have witnessed the wondrous deeds of God. Psalm 40, verse 5. You may be seated. 
Dear friends in Christ, and I do mean friends in Christ, there's nothing like an old friend. On my first call day, back in 1972, a few days afterwards, I received a postcard from an old friend, a pastor who had worked with me over at Barnes Hospital during our seminary years, a pastor who had graduated a year before me, a pastor who was now serving in the circuit that I would, had been called to. In that short little postcard, he simply encouraged me, told me how my family and I would really enjoy ministry and life in the Kansas district. And I got to tell you, this city kid from Detroit <laughs> going to rural Kansas with crank telephones and outhouses really appreciated those words of comfort. An old friend. You know, in recent weeks here in chapel, we have become acquainted with an old friend. An old friend that's dear to each and every one of us. An old friend that's very important to each and every one of us. And that old friend is our baptism. Our baptism. This is the season of Epiphany. This is our winter call day service. This is Black History Month. And this here at the Sam is Black Heritage Week. And you know, all of these have a way of reminding us of who we are and what we're here for. All of these have a, remind, a way of reminding us of our baptism. You know, it's sad that so many people today think of baptism in the past tense. They say to themselves, well, I was baptized at Mount Calvary Lutheran Church, or I was baptized on such and such a date, instead of thinking, as they should, of baptism in the present tense. I think of a quote attributed to Martin Luther. Don't say, I was baptized, but say, I am baptized. Baptism, what does it mean? Well, it means many things, but for this morning, let's limit ourselves to three interrelated thoughts. First of all, from a personal standpoint, I am forgiven. Secondly, I am connected personally with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit forever. And as such, I am part of his family. And you know what? You can say the same thing. On what basis? On the basis of God's word and God's promise. You know, today people are longing to connect with God. And the scriptures teach that that connection is made real to us in God's word and sacraments, the means of grace. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to Titus, reminds us that baptism is a washing a washing of rebirth, renewal, regeneration by the Holy Spirit. In other words, God, Almighty God, is acting personally in our lives. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul says that we are clothed with Christ. How's that for a connection? In his letter to the Romans, as we heard last week, here in chapel, 
Paul connects baptism with the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. That African-American spiritual hymn asks the question, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there? Yes, you were. But you weren't hiding in the crowd or behind a bush or even at the foot of the cross. No. You were nailed to the cross with Jesus. That's why it causes us to tremble, tremble, tremble. And not only that, on Easter Sunday, baptism links us with Christ's resurrection. We are raised to a new life of forgiveness and reconciliation before God. And all of this goes on to tell us that baptism is not just some church ordinance. It's not just an act of obedience or a passage of life. Baptism is a means of grace. God pouring his forgiveness, his grace and mercy into our lives personally. Our name is called. The sign of the cross is put on our forehead and on our heart. God's grace comes into our life. God's name is placed upon us, and we become a part of his family forever. Dr. Kolb in his book, Make Disciples Baptizing, teaches us that baptism was a central part of the ministry of the early church and that it should be a central part in the 21st century church's ministry in life. Guys, you go out into your parish, I urge you, and I urge you all, don't compartmentalize baptism. Don't use it as something that's over here when I need it, but weave it. Weave it into your ministry and your preaching and teaching and your worship life. Weave it into the very soul of your congregation because in baptism, we're able to hold fast to our true identity of who we are. Back in the year 2002, I was serving as a vacancy pastor in an African-American church in the inner city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's Black History Month, and this white guy's preaching the sermon, okay? I probably was as nervous then as I am right now. Anyway, halfway through the sermon, down the center aisle comes this African-American woman with two children. Following her, many steps behind, are two men wearing their Green Bay Packer jerseys. They're the fathers of these two children. All eyes were on this woman as she stops right in front of me and says, I want my kids baptized and I want them right done baptized right now. <clears throat> An inconvenience? Yes. An interruption? Very much so. But I got to tell you, on that day and the days that followed, those kids, and I got to tell you, when I baptized this little boy, he thought we were having a water fight. He started splashing me, <laughs> reminding me of my baptism. <laughs> but those kids, that family, that congregation, they came to know and appreciate what baptism was all about. It's so important that we understand in this epiphany season
that we're not only reflecting on the glory of Christ and the greatness of his mission, but also the awareness that we are privileged to be part of his mission. It's epiphany. It's epiphany. And our catechism lesson for today talks about the blessings of baptism. I want to remind you that in baptism, God is linking us to his family. He is giving us the means of grace, his forgiveness, his life, and his salvation. And this is what we're sent for. This is what we're sent for. We need to hold fast to our true identity as the people of God, as the one holy Christian apostolic church. Don't ever forget that the word apostolic means sent. We are sent to baptize and teach all nations. We are sent to proclaim the truth of God's love and grace in Jesus Christ. We are sent, just as the Father sent the Son, to save people from hell and to heaven. So let's go forward courageously and boldly, celebrating the truth that we are part of God's family, but also part of his great mission. And as we do, let us do so grateful, grateful for the insurance and the encouragement and the blessing of that dear old friend, our baptism. Amen. And the grace and the peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in true faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today, the Concordia Seminary community joins our candidates, their spouses and children, families and friends, supporting and calling congregations in praising God and celebrating his gift of the office of the ministry to his church and these servants he is giving to his church today. I'd like to introduce Dr. Glenn Nielsen, who will announce the vicarage assignments. On Wednesday, uh, January 14th, uh, Pastor Hainer and I and Dr. Fakencher and Rick Newfer from Fort Wayne met with five district presidents through a conference call. The five district presidents are the ministerial formation committee of the Council of Presidents, and the Council of Presidents serves as the board of assignments for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod for both vicarage and candidates. During that conference call, I told the five district presidents that we have one student who is available for a vicarage assignment this winter. I also told them that we do not have a particular place for him as of yet. However, this morning I talked with the president of a congregation and he said they are voting on Sunday. So I'd like the men to please stand and get in line and I'll announce uh, Mark's assignment pending. Mark. I also have just received in the mail on Wednesday the documents for a deaconess assignment for the Ethnic Immigrant Institute of Theology, our EEIT program. And so I would like to announce that Saran Wodehaimanat has been uh, assigned to our Savior Lutheran Church in Arlington, Virginia 
and the Southeastern District as a deaconess. The following candidates have been certified for the Office of the Holy Ministry by the faculty of Concordia Seminary. And upon the prayerful deliberations of the Ministerial Placement Committee of the Council of Presidents, acting as the Board of Assignments for the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod, they are here presented to the Church for Ministry in the locations indicated. Master of Divinity candidates, in absentia, Paul Basil, uh, also known as Sergei Vasilyev. Sergei was our Russian MiG fighter pilot. Uh, he changed his name to Paul Basil when he became an American citizen this summer. He received a call as pastor to St. Luke's Lutheran Church as Elizabeth, New Jersey, the New Jersey district. Jonah Burakowski, pastor, Good Shepherd, Marshall, Minnesota, Minnesota South District. Robert Carter, call pending. Kevin Hensey, Associate Pastor, Grace Lutheran Church, Arlington, Texas, Texas District. All these guys need a snowblower except for the Kevin. He just needs a new Texas Rangers hat. <laughs> James Maxwell, pastor, St. Peter Lutheran Church, Whitefish, Montana, Montana District. Ronald Rieger, associate pastor, Prince of Peace, Medina, Ohio, English District. Jonathan Schultz, pastor, not only two congregations, but two states. Our Savior, Lutheran Church, Vernal, Utah, Trinity Lutheran Church, Rangeley, Colorado, Rocky Mountain District. It's also my privilege to announce certificate candidate Greg Pavelski, called to be pastor at Trinity Morristown, Minnesota, and St. John Kilkenny, Minnesota, Minnesota South District. Delto candidates, Daniel Flynn, associate pastor, St. Luke's Lutheran Church, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Michigan District. Douglas Francic, pastor, Shepherd of the Valley, Anza, California, Pacific Southwest District. EIIT candidates, Gamito Adima, pastor, Ebenezer Lutheran Church, Portland, Oregon, Northwest District. Ebenezer Malapali, assistant pastor, Good Shepherd, Old Bridge, New Jersey, New Jersey District. Michael Oval, missionary to the Haitians, Salem Lutheran Church, Lake Worth, Florida, Florida, Georgia District. John Perrant, mission planter, Salem Lutheran Church, Lake Forth, Florida, Lake Worth, Florida, Florida, Georgia District, and Lang Yang, Associate Pastor, St. Michael's Lutheran Church, Richville, Michigan, Michigan District. Yes, heaven is more and more looking like, or earth is more, our church is looking more and more like heaven each and every day. The prayers of the seminary community 
are requested for those candidates who remain on the placement waiting list. Please stand for prayer. Father in heaven, as at the baptism in the Jordan River you once proclaimed Jesus, your beloved Son, and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized in his name may faithfully keep the covenant into which they have been called, boldly confess their Savior, and with him be heirs to life eternal. May your blessing also rest upon our seminary community. Renew us with the deep love you have for every person on this planet. Strengthen and empower us so that more and more people may come to know your love and rejoice in your promises. Give us a real sense of joy in the gracious privilege we have of sharing the true story of your love in Jesus Christ. We give you thanks for the blessings that you have given to your church in our candidates who have received their assignments. As they prepare to begin their ministries, we ask that you would continue to bless their work and their lives, as well as the lives of the people they touch. By your Holy Spirit, grant them grace, allowing them to express your love in Christ with zeal, patience, love, and understanding. Bless their families and loved ones. Keep them safe and secure in the knowledge of your ongoing love, care, and protection. We also pray for those candidates who continue to wait patiently for their first assignment into your church's ministry. As you prepare the place to which they will be called, bless them with your abiding presence and grant them a special measure of trust, hope, and peace as they await the fulfillment of your good and gracious will. Into your gracious hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to say together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. <coughs> Trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Immediately after this service, we'll take a few pictures, after which I'd like to invite you to greet the candidates at our regular morning coffee fellowship in Wartburg Commons. And now, dear brothers and sisters, hold fast to God's promise in Psalm 120, 121, verses 7 and 8. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your lives. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. The grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. We conclude with hymn 500, verses 3 and 4. You may be seated. <clears throat> 